As you all know, short football analysis is the best place for fantasy analysis and betting information. And this week, we are bringing back our Thursday night points promo. The total points scored in the Thursday night game between the Green Bay Packers and Arizona Cardinals represent the percentage of any product on the site Friday, October 29th. Our week four promo resulted in 45% off site-wide. Visit sharpfootballanalysis.com on Friday and check out the blue banner at the top of the page, which will have the discount code. Hello, welcome to the Sharp Angles Podcast. I have Dan Pizzuta joined here by Rich Rebar. Rich, here we go. Week eight. It's not quite the middle of the season because you know, 17, 17 games now. Um, so uh the not not quite week eight. We're not quite halfway there, but almost we're we're moving along through the season. So how you doing? Doing great. Yeah. You know, I live in such a fantasy world that this is like kind of the halfway point of the fantasy regular season. So that's true. So like now it's like, you know, time like to cut ties and make all these moves. And we've got some teams, I guess right now too, like we're at the point of like the, the that are teetering this week that I guess need some wins that we could talk about. I mean, I think some teams like the Colts and the Steelers, like this is kind of make or break for them, right? In their seasons. Yeah, we got you know teams like that. The Patriots, maybe. Uh, yeah, we got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of these these fringe. It's not going to be buy or sell because we're probably you know as much as we want a a fun trade deadline. It just it doesn't happen uh, quite as as much as we would like. Um, but I mean, I think we we are seeing that a, a little more already. Like we saw Zach Ertz get traded mm-hmm. last week, played his first game with Arizona, and like they already had a plan for him. So I think we're we're seeing some more teams that are just more um, free. Allen uh, Robinson, that's free. Allen Robinson. Can we make it happen? I mean, can Allen Robinson play well? <laughs> I mean, I, I've been on the the free Allen Robinson like train for a while, obviously, but like. He hasn't done anything to be freed uh, this year, and I think like we've we've talked about that a little bit. If he could, you know, maybe separate like a little bit, uh, that that might help. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll see the trade deadline next Tuesday. So I guess we we see some some of these teams that are are right now just on the on the fringes. So let's let's just dive into uh, these games. And one of them that you talked about uh, is the Indianapolis Colts. They are hosting the Tennessee Titans. Um, the Titans are you no. Know, we we talked about them last week about how we weren't completely sure. You know how they how they were just as a quality uh, of a team. Uh, but then they, they come out and completely roll over uh, the, the Chiefs by, you know, doing what we kind of thought they could be doing uh, in years past. They were, you know, starting to use that play action more often. You know, Derek Henry's kind of set up that first drive, but then wasn't really involved or productive for really the rest of the game, but he didn't really have to be. They were using uh, the play action over the middle. Ryan Tannehill was actually better. I wrote this in, in first and 10 for this week, was a better throwing against light boxes uh, when they spread it out rather than when they were stacking the box and having heavy play action. So I think if they, you know, spread out some things a little more, which you might be able to do against this Colts, um, this Colts defense. And, and right now, you know, this is a five and two Tennessee Titans team against a three and four Indianapolis Colts team, which suddenly this like kind of means something for the AFC South. The Colts are playing like, okay. Again, we had the Carson Wentz conversation last week where he's doing some things well in really good situations. And uh, again, let's not sure how much 
better the Titans defense is after last week, even though, you know, they, they did hold the chiefs to, to three points, but uh, it's still uh, the Tennessee Titans defense could be a perfect situation for an, an opposing offense. So uh, it's going to be real interesting to see how, how those two go against each other here. Yeah, this is uh, basically, like I said, it, it is kind of like, I, you don't want to say like right now, like the Colts season is on the line in week eight, but it kind of really is. I mean, if they lose this game, Tennessee goes to six and two with two wins over right. the Colts. And then the Colts are sitting at, you know, five losses with games against the Bills, the Buccaneers and the Cardinals still on the schedule. Uh, so, I mean, this is kind of a, a kind of a make or break game for the Colts. It's, it's crazy. And, and it's more like a big picture, too, because right. then if that happens and, you, and you're sitting three and five and the Titans now have that big lead in the division, like you have to figure out what you are and what you're doing with Carson Wentz. Right. Because if he still is playing those either, you know, 75, well, obviously they're, they're probably wouldn't make the playoffs at that point. But if he has a 75 percent snap count, uh, then that first the, the trade turns into a first round pick for the Eagles. So uh, if you're there and you're already kind of eliminated from playoff contention there, you kind of have to figure out what you are and, and what you want to be. And if Carson Wentz is worth playing to give up that first round pick, which which, you know, is not going to help you this year. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens because I do believe just the position the Colts are in, like they're not going to probably be in a position to get a quarterback and we don't even know how strong this quarterback class is right now. So what the alternatives are for the Colts in 2022 as opposed you know, to Carson Wentz. So it'll be interesting to see how things play out. They also can just keep Carson Wentz and bench him like the last three games and just hold on to the pick and make it a two. There's a lot of different angles to make it play out, but I think they're focused on winning this game, first of all. Uh, and they, I don't think that what we saw from the Titans defense is going to be something we see regularly, the, the holding anyone to three points. But, uh, you know, so it does set up well with the Colts at home. Uh, but, you know, the, the Titans are a team that when you look at uh, the play action rate has gone up the last three weeks. We've seen them kind of be in better game scripts. The one thing about play action is we've seen a lot of teams kind of come to the realization that you don't always have to run the ball well to use play action, which we have, we have known has been documented. But now we need teams to stick with the play action, even a neutral game script, which is, you know, what we don't see. You know, teams just abandon it. Uh, so right. that's what the Titans did early in the season. They would fall, they would fall behind, abandon the, the game script. Because right, Ryan Tannehill, the past three years, his splits versus with play action and non-play action, they're just so extreme, uh, almost, as, as extreme as any quarterback in the NFL. Uh, so, I mean, we get him against this Colts defense, who is, which is still banged up. I mean, even with the kind of the, the rain-induced production they allowed to Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, they're, they're still at the bottom of the league in almost every defensive passing metric, and they're really good against the run, uh, which is, you know, what you want to have against this Tennessee, you know, uh, offense. But, you know, if you invite Tannehill to throw and they can establish those play action, they can hit plays. And we saw Tannehill have three passing touchdowns against the Colts earlier in the season when A.J. Brown left after 15 snaps and Julio Jones only played 50% of snaps. And he still beat – they still were able to beat them. Now, Wentz came in that game with the two – her ankles, the, the ankles, plural and injury report, <laughs> uh, which we love. Um, but it does set up as a, as a good matchup. So, you know, for the Titans offense two versus the Colts defense, which is a, 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 the back end of that we still have to worry about too. So it is going to be an interesting game. I mean, we've started to see the Colts get a little bit of religion on Jonathan Taylor. Finally, uh, you know, he's yep. starting to run more pass routes, just be involved more as an all around alpha back, uh, which he should be. I mean, that's the kind of pedigree he had coming out of college and the kind of big play game breaker this offense needs. This team doesn't have a lot of big play guys. It's really just Jonathan Taylor. And now Michael Pittman is coming into that role. Maybe we get T.Y. Hilton back and he's able to make some big plays. But those are really the guys that this offense uh, are, are going to have to lean on weekly to try to punch their way out of some of these games when they when they're we're going to expect them to give up points. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's 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 kind of the thing. They've been, you know, scheming some things up, you know, pretty well. And like like we said, Carson Wentz in, in a clean pocket uh, has been really good. Off play action has been really good. They've been able to, you know, get some guys open. But like, you know, some of these other offenses we've seen around the league where the playmakers aren't there, like you're heavily reliant on scheme. And, and it's not a lot of guys just, you know, putting something on their back and, and creating something out of nothing. Like it, it has to be created for them. Uh, but we've seen Pittman, you know, come up with, with, with some big catches, getting some, uh, you know, uh, contested uh, things down the field. So uh, the development there uh, is good because, you know, we just haven't completely seen that wide receiver group develop like, we kind of, you know, at least hoped if you were the Colts, what it would, you know, Paris Campbell's uh, still dealing with injuries, hasn't really been on the field uh, consistently throughout his career. It's like a so Devin he, Smith situation. What could have been? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Except with uh, polar opposite ADOTs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not sure Paris Campbell has ever caught a pass uh, in front of the line of scrimmage. Uh yeah. Hey, he had that long one. He had the long yeah. touchdown this year. The one moment of glory we had of him this year. Yeah, so uh, it's just <laughs> they, they are scheming things up, uh, you know, pretty well. And you just kind of want to see some more consistency there. And again, this is this game's going to be a big turning point. Uh, the other team you you talked about that that has, you know, especially in the AFC, where kind of that like middle bottom tier is really uh just kind of clumped together is, is new England. Uh, they are three and four. They will be playing the, uh, the four and two Los Angeles chargers. And, and this is a big game for, for both of these teams in, in terms of record early in this season, uh, the chargers right now, uh, half game behind the Raiders who are five and two, uh, and the, the Patriots kind of hanging close in that a- AFC East. And they're just, they're starting to, you know, I think we saw the best Mac Jones game of the season last week, but again, uh, against the Jets, he's played really well against the Jets. And this is a, a kind of a, a New England as a whole, too. A two really dominant games against the Jets uh, have a negative point differential against all other teams. But, you know, they played the Buccaneers close. They played the Cowboys close. So they're kind of there, but I think we're just starting to see, especially on, on offense, they're 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 figuring out the Mac Jones thing very slowly and like slowly putting some more things on his plate. He can be really efficient against, you know, those teams that are allowing him to have that quick game, allowing him to get the ball out uh, quickly and accurately. And, and they're setting up some things and, they had a bunch of trick plays uh, against the Jets too, where they were just, you know, creating things out of nowhere. They had just tight end screens going for like 20 yards. Uh, it's just things you, you see against the, defenses like like the Jets right now um the the explosive plays you know down the field just aren't there consistently and it's still they're still without a guy who can really win deep um which was a problem last year but they have kind of created the piece of of the offense where they can now create uh, in that short and intermediate area which they didn't really have in the passing game last year so um but is this is now going against the Chargers defense that is great against the pass, not really good uh, against the run, the worst in the league against the run. So this might be a play into, you know, what the Patriots could want to do, you know, heavily, you know, run uh, down their throats that use the, the Damian Harris game uh, a, a little bit. And maybe that could open up some, some play action for them too. Uh, and maybe open up some, some shots down the field if, if they're comfortable, just uh, completely, you know, running uh, all over the chargers. 
Yeah, yeah, schematically, the way the Chargers have played defense kind of fits into what the Patriots really want to do, which is that it's run the football and throw to the tight ends, which is what, you know, kind of all the success has been, you know, against the, the Chargers so far. I mean, they're built on not allowing the deep ball, but there's no deep ball threat here. I mean, that it hasn't existed. So uh, the Chargers are going to have to kind of alter their game plan a little bit, I believe, defensively. You know, coming out of the bye, hopefully they, they, they figured some things out. Like I said, you know, it all comes down to the way the style of defense is, those safeties and those those DBs and the run fits that they've had that just hasn't existed the first six games of the season. Uh, and the Patriots will definitely lean on their run game while they can. Now the way to get them out of that is just game script, right? Like you go up and score points and that's kind of uh, that's the part of the Patriots that's been confusing me so far is the defense seems to go at one week, hot one week, cold. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they, they're, they're awesome against Tom Brady, literally play the best defense Tom Brady's faced all year. And then, you know, you come back and you give up, 11 yards for passing to Davis Mills. Davis Mills has been like absolutely laughably bad outside of that Patriots game. <laughs> and then you come back and give up 450 passing yards to Dak Prescott, you know, the week after that, then you, you know, you come back and you, you, you absolutely just nuke this, this anemic Jets offense. So they've been like all over the map. Uh, these two teams played last year. It was a different offense, the chargers. They didn't actually, they didn't try to rush Justin Herbert at all. They only blitzed him on 9% of his dropbacks. It was the lowest rate of the league uh, in that in, in that week that of last year, uh, and Herbert was was terrible in that game. Uh, and the Patriots were able to run, control game script, and, and kind of just do their thing in that game. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they approach things this season because teams have been trying to dial pressure on Justin Herbert when that's that's when they have they have had the most success. Uh, he's still like in context of league rates, pretty solid against the blitz, but his numbers from what he has from you know when he's not pressured and clean are we knew those were going to regress from last year. Like what he did yeah. against pressure and stuff like it just wasn't going to be sustainable um we've also seen brandon silly talk about you know wanting to be more aggressive and establish you know more production on early downs which has kind of been their kind of bugaboo this season putting themselves in long down and distance situations see if they can punch their way out you know it's hard to live that way herbert did it as a rookie and you know early in the season you know especially in week one they came and they lived on those long down and distances it's hard to do that in the nfl it's just a hard way to live no matter how good your, your players are uh, so, I mean, it, it's see what we'll see what they come out of the box doing out of this by what they worked on. I do think it is a good matchup for the Chargers against this Patriots defense, you know, pending what we get. We've seen them, like I said, we've seen the Patriots rally and play some good games, too. Um, but Patriots have really struggled against like combo backs, backs that can that can catch the ball in the backfield and run the football. Obviously, the Chargers have a really good one in Austin Eckler. Uh, so if they could devise a game plan kind of through him to the short passing game, I think for the Chargers can be really effective here as well. Um, so, yeah, this is another one we're looking at because this is like this is a Patriots uh, ride or die game for sure. They need this one. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting because I, I think it was two of those things kind of go maybe like hand in hand and how they find success, but also kind of go against each other in just kind of uh, the logic of what the chargers might want to do. Like when they want, if they want to be more aggressive on early downs, it's going to be pushing the ball down the field. Cause they don't really do that in the past, you know, early on in the season, it's been, if, if something's not there, we're just going to dump it off to Eckler uh, because we'll, we'll play safe. We'll live for that third down and, and we'll try to, uh, get it there. And, but if against the Patriots, you might want to be using those dump offs to Eckler because that might, uh, you know, be part of how they move the ball well um, early on in the game. Cause like when you look at Herbert's, uh, how he's played on, on the, on early down this year, 6.6 yards per attempt on first down, 6.8 yards per attempt on second down, 7.2, a dot on first down 5.7 uh, on second down. And then you go to third down 
8.5 yards per attempt and a 10.2 yard a dot. Like they just complete, they play different offenses on early downs and third downs. So if you could put, start pushing the ball a little bit more on those early downs, um, you know, some of those big plays could happen to get you out of those third down situations. But we, we might see a, a combination of the two, like you said, where they'll want to push the ball, but still want to get Eckler uh, heavily involved because that's just going to be uh, such a weapon uh, against this Patriots defense. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting, as they say, that push and pull of, you know, schematic, what uh, the opposing defense doesn't stop well versus what you want to do and not put yourself into a hole to punch out of. Uh, the Patriots have been really good against boundary wide receivers, too, as well. So maybe this will be kind of the Keenan Allen breakout game, too. We've been kind of like hunting for, uh, you know, I've been hunting for it. So maybe I'm just trying <laughs> to will it. Uh, but, you know, they have been really good against opposing boundary wide receivers. Jalen Mills, we've seen we've seen Jalen Mills. And it's not his fault. He's not playing the position that was intended for him to play in this offseason. We saw right you know, it wasn't there by they played last week, but, you know, two weeks ago when they faced, C- you just have him in a, you know, one-on-one, one-on-one with CeeDee Lamb the, the whole game. It just is not, it's not going to, that's not a winnable situation for Jalen Mills. Those were all his shortcomings in Philadelphia, you know, man-to-man coverage. So we, if, if the Chargers can get, you know, Keenan Allen in some situations against him uh, and, you know, while JC Jackson's kind of, you know, trying to check Mike Williams, uh, let's see, let's see what happens here. We might have, they might have a Keenan Allen moment. Yeah. And I mean, the, the other thing is, you know, JC Jackson has been heavily targeted, one of the most targeted cornerbacks uh, in the league right now. And, and it, it's been hit and miss, right? He's got the three interceptions, I think all against the Jets. Um, so in the past, like when he's, you know, he's been good uh, holding up in coverage and then had those interceptions on top of it. But I think right now, since he's so heavily targeted, it, it's not completely that down to down consistency for him uh right now he's 54th among cornerbacks in adjusted yards allowed per coverage snap which is uh, about average uh, which you'd kind of hope uh would be a little better for him so I, I don't think he's been this shutdown corner he's been the past you know a couple of years especially with some of those you know high interception totals because they just haven't totally come against you know non-zach wilson uh quarterbacks this year so i think that's going to be interesting too because I, th- I think you could test that outside just a, a little more um than you might have thought about uh in the past um so we're going yeah, it's to- funny you know, someone actually wrote the trayvon diggs article we talked about I don't know if you saw yeah. that on NFL. I think it was NFL.com. Uh, no, I think um, uh, Ben Solak from the the Ringer wrote a, a big piece on uh, on Trayvon Diggs. Yeah, I, I saw that the uh, the article was written though about you know kind of the how you know why he has the interception. Yeah, we talked about it like the Marcus Peters effect or like the Cromartie effect. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> it much, got written. It got written a couple weeks after we talked about it. Yeah, it's pretty much you know how uh, he's been playing. I don't think we need to talk about Cincinnati and the Jets, but I think we just want to have a quick Bengals uh, the interlude here. You know, we talked about the Bengals the past two weeks about how, you know, they were, you know, this, this frisky team that could at least play close. You know, we wanted to see them play close against the Packers and and they did and like that would have been a successful game. And we said, go ahead and into Baltimore would be the same thing if they could, you know, hang close and it, <laughs> they, they did a lot better than that. They're just, they're playing so well on, on so many levels. They're finding out, you know, Jamar Chase just wins at every level uh, of the field. Burrow right now, like they, they did a lot of cool things against Baltimore too. We kind of talked about um, you know, last week how, you know, they might play empty to spread Baltimore out uh, a little bit to have them 
you know, show what they're going to do on defense, but they kind of did the opposite. They played more condensed sets, did some split back with uh, Uzoma in, in the backfield um, along with like Joe Mixon. That was how that, that first uh, uh, big touchdown ha- or uh, a couple uh, they had a, a big play on third down or early in the game and they did a couple other things. So they're now finding different answers for things, which, which is really cool. It's not just going to be, we're going to run empty uh, and that's all we're going to do. So that was really cool. They're doing again, some really cool things on defense. So uh, obviously, you know, this jets game, not something that we uh, really <laughs> need to preview, but I uh, just, you know, throwing out that the, the Bengals are doing some really cool things. And I think they're still progressing um, every week, which, which has been really fun to see. Yeah, Joe Burrow has been excellent. We talked last week about that game, how we thought schematically from a personnel stance and what the Ravens do defensively, like that, game, that game could end up being a problem for them, and it ended up being a problem for them. Uh, you know, when you bring in a lot of pressure and you have, you're asking, you know, guys to win one-on-one against really good wide receivers. And we've seen the Ravens, too. They were coming off that cachet of the – they just stomped the Chargers – but the whole crux of their work has been they live and die by giving up big plays defensively, and they died by giving up big plays. They sc- the, the Bengals scored all five of their touchdowns from outside the red zone in that game. And I know you had the, the, the Samaj AP run breakaway run, but the game was over by then anyway, still by, by byproduct of them giving up those big plays. So, I mean, when they, them two teams match up, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what the Ravens do to adjust because we seen them adjust when they played the Chiefs, right? Like they called off the dogs a little bit. They play yep. a little more coverage. They're going to have to do that against the team like the Bengals. Now, when they play like the Steelers and stuff, like the, they can go ahead and get after it, right? Like, because they're not going to push the ball that really downfield. Um, but the, the Bengals have kind of the personnel that you don't want to play that style of defense. Like they, they're really kind of built to, to kind of take on what the Ravens want to do and exploit that. And that's what happened in that game. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Burrow just because he's, you know, so good of a processor, he's just so good. He made so uh, many good plays in the, the pocket, blitz. man. Like, yeah, and you don't just, always have to run. Like, it's not just about like beating the blitz with like your legs being able to scramble. It's just mo- pocket movement. And the way he just was able to, to, to reset the, plat- the platforms and just hit guys, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a- absolutely. Um, so what was it? Uh, heading into week seven, he was you know already thirty six of forty eight uh, against the Blitz with zero point three four EPA uh, per dropback, and against uh, uh, against the Ravens, he went uh, ten for sixteen uh, against the Blitz, uh, sixteen yards per attempt, zero point nine eight uh, EPA per dropback uh, per True Media. So um, you know he's, he's just he's going to sit back there and get the ball out quickly and slice it up. So uh, let's, again, we weren't going to take too much time on that, but uh, no, we did. <laughs> they deserve, as, listen, the Bengals, uh, Bengals yeah, fans exactly. have had a tough ride. They, they deserve it. They deserve to have some fun. Uh, they, they, they're in this one. Yeah, there we go. So uh, let's hit uh, uh, Pittsburgh and Cleveland uh, again. Another game between, you know, teams that are kind of, you know, sitting uh, on the fence here, you know, Cleveland four and three you know, behind Baltimore and Cincinnati uh, in the, that AFC North Pittsburgh now at, at three and three. And we're kind of, you know, the, you know Pittsburgh is the, what Pittsburgh is, right? They're going to play pretty good defense for most of the time. Uh, it's going to be a little tougher against, you know, some really good offenses. Uh, and then that offense is just, you know, it, it is what it is. It is what we expected it to be. Ben Roethlisberger is going to get the ball out in two seconds. And like you said, with, with the blitz, like I, I wrote about this uh, last week about how, you know, defenses are, are approaching different quarterbacks uh, in terms of blitzing. 
uh, teams aren't blitzing Ben Roethlisberger anymore because it's it's pointless. Why? You're, you're, yeah, he's going to get the ball out in two seconds, so you're not going to get pressure. So you might as well just sit uh, back, drop seven, or, or even drop eight, uh, and do, just tackle guys once they get thrown the ball four yards past the line of scrimmage. And that's how just a lot of defenses are just sitting back and waiting for those. I think we saw that a lot last year, where uh, a lot of these teams are just you know sitting in the middle of the field. They're going to you know drive on the ball, and that's where a lot of those drops come from and that's where the Steelers had a, a lot of those issues they're they're hitting uh some a couple more you know big plays down the field because Roethlisberger can still get there right it's but it's like we talked about it's it's so many go routes that the margin for error is very small in, in hitting those so they're not going to be completed often but when they do like he still has the accuracy to to throw the ball there they're just you know it, it's not a high percentage play so um, it's going to be interesting to see against a Cleveland defense that, that's still playing really well. And, you know, they have that defensive front where they, one, they don't need to blitz because everyone is so good on, on that defensive line, right? Like we've also talked about that. I think like their top three in uh, pass rush win rate are, are three uh, Cleveland Browns edge rushers. Like that's, that's insane. Um, you know, uh, Miles Garrett's playing great. David Clowney's playing great when he's on the field. And so is, um, uh, attack McKinley, uh, who was uh, a big addition there when you can rotate those guys in. So I think they're going to be able to push the pocket a little bit, pressure uh, Ben Roethlisberger a little bit, try to get him out. And, you know, Cleveland's going to play, you know, that that quarters where they're going to be able to, you know, drive on the ball. And I think they're going to have some guys in space. So there's probably going to be a lot of, you know, contested catches there. Um, but then we look on the other side and we have absolutely no idea what we're going to get from uh, this Browns offense because we don't really know one who's playing quarterback, uh, whether, you know, the wide receivers are, are going to be healthy, uh, at all. Uh, so, uh, Nick Chubb and, uh, Dernish Johnson, maybe, uh, it's like 95 carries in this game. <laughs> yeah. We're going to see a lot of heavy Browns run game, a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of play action. So a lot of game management that case game did what he, what they brought him in to do, you know, he managed the hell out of that game on Thursday night, uh, and, you know, made the, made a couple of plays when he needed to the Steelers. Yeah. The Steelers, this is an interesting matchup for them because they haven't, they've, they didn't do anything that we thought they were, were going to do in the preseason actually, or maybe they are doing everything we thought they were going to do with Matt Canada, you know, had those comments that like, we're going to do what Ben wants to do because it's kind of what they're doing. Um, they're interesting though, is they're, they're just like running the ball on first down for no reason. The Steelers are Ben Roethlisberger is the lowest rate of pass attempts coming on first down in the league. Uh, the Browns are actually really good against the run. No one's really run on them successfully this season. Uh, and what it comes down to is from this matchup is that the Browns have been excellent on defense on first and second down. The Steelers have been awful on offense on first down. Uh, but the Browns have just been one of the worst teams on third down. And you'd think that, that, that some of that stuff would regress, but it's been consistent all year. Especially because that was them last year too. Yep. I wrote about this before the season. They were really good early down defense and getting killed on third down. So it's crazy that it's still happening this year. Yeah, they've allowed the fewest yards for play on first and second down in the NFL. They've allowed the second fewest uh, first down rate on plays on first and second down in the NFL. And then on third down, they're 28th in yards for play and 28th in, in first down conversion rate on third down plays. Just night and day difference. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the Steelers wow. have constantly put themselves in those spots because the Steelers are just running the ball with Najee Harrison first down for nothing. Really no yards. They're, they're, they're dead last in the NFL in yards per play on first down. I talked about it because they're just running the ball. Ben is his lowest rate of pass attempts on first down. Uh, and then they're putting themselves in holes. Uh, you would think that this isn't a team that can consistently punch out on third down because they're 
not pushing the ball downfield. So you don't want to be like the chargers. Like we talked about Herbert, you know, he, he, he is airing it out on third down. That's not really Ben's game. He's been really struggling with the deep ball again this year, whether it be concept, his arm or all the above, you know, pick, pick a lane, but it's still happening. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's what it comes down to. I mean, can this Browns defense get the third down stops like, you know, that they had on, you know, kind of on Thursday night um, because, you know, that's where their big bugaboo on defensive on the defensive angle has has come from. Yeah. It's, it's, really crazy and like it, Pittsburgh would just like it's it's crazy how they like they'll they'll hang in games right like they'll be fine um but like whether that's going to like is this finally the year where they just like it's finally not quite enough for it to you know be meaningful and I think we're, we're kind of we might see that you know this week if they you know they fall to you know three and four and they're going to be sitting behind um you know sitting behind the Browns and, and sitting behind again the, the Bengals and the Ravens this is going to be an interesting uh, thing to if to they win for the rest of it if they win it's interesting because you know obviously they they were in one and three hole after they faced you know they faced Derek Carr Burrow Rogers then they get to face Teddy then they face Geno Smith. They're probably going to face Case Keenum. Then next week they play Justin Fields. And the week after that, they play Jared Goff. So even I think if they somehow win these games and they say they're five and three or, or six and three, and people are saying the Steelers are back, I think it's going to be real kind of a fugazi. Because then after that, you get Justin Herbert, you get Burrow, you get Lamar, you get Kirk Cousins, you get Ryan Tannehill, you get Patrick Mahomes all in a row. So, I mean, I'm still kind of out on the Steelers team. Uh, I agree. I, I, I think they can even win this game because of the Case Keen effect and potentially obviously beat the Bears and Lions. But I still think that this team needs a major overhaul in their you know identity, I think, on both sides of the football at this point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we'll, you know, we'll see how that's going to be a big thing through the second half of the season and, and into the off season of, of what the Steelers are going to look like. It's going to be uh, fascinating because um, it's just, you know, they've, they've kind of, they, they've pushed the ball and, you know, they've kicked the can down the road uh, for really as long as they can. They bringing pretty much everything back uh, for this offense in 2021. It just kind of looks exactly the same as it did uh, in 2020. So uh, it, not a lot of help there. So let's hit uh, one more game quickly. Let's just keep the uh, the trend of these, you know, AFC teams, um, you know, that are that are on the fringe right now. And one of those teams is uh, the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the New York Giants on, on Monday night, you know, chiefs three and four right now tied with Dallas behind the chargers and, and the Raiders, um, you know, like under 50% chance to make the playoffs by pretty much anyone who does, uh, you know, playoff probability, uh, right now. So Mm -hmm. how, uh, you know, again, we're like, we've, we've had this conversation uh, pretty much every week Uh, the chiefs offense is, fine right they're they're doing things well they're still moving the ball they're fifth in dvoa well last week they weren't (laughs) sure yeah (laughs) right yeah last week was was absolutely uh an issue where it's just kind of one of those you know quicksand things where one thing goes wrong and it it continually does but uh now they're going to be you know facing a, a giants defense that uh is not great um as, I mean, again, it's going to be a little different for the Giants defense going from Sam Darnold to Patrick Mahomes, no matter how, you know, we might think that the Chiefs aren't playing as well as they could be. Uh, and then on the other side 
of the ball is the Giants offense going to be able to take advantage of the Chiefs defense and I'm not totally sure if that's going to be the case either the, the Giants you know did some things last week against uh you know uh, the Panthers where you know they were moving Daniel Jones in the pocket uh, a little bit you know they didn't have any wide receivers to work with but it wasn't an overly impressive game either Giants still finished with negative EPA uh on offense so for for all they did like it was you know, the Panthers offense is what lost that game, right? So, um, you know, the, the Chiefs are still playing around w- with some things. We we're seeing some more, you know, one Thornhill, um, you know, obviously, you know, uh, the Giants, e- even if they have some health, are not going to have, you know, Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. And like the, uh, the Chiefs just didn't have anything to stop the A.J. Brown. And once he got going, uh, going in- into the middle of the field, um, you know, he was just, you know, the, the AJ Brown show is just going to uh, continue. So I'm not sure the, the giants have that, you know, big piece uh, that it's going to be able to take advantage of the chiefs, um, the, the chiefs defense. And uh, when you just kind of look at what, what this offense is, is going to do, the giants do want to sit back in some of that uh, too high. They're not going to blitz as often, which is, you know, how defenses have been, approaching uh, the chiefs, but I think you could probably get them on screens. This, this might be a big screen game for, for the chiefs that, that they haven't really clicked uh, there so far uh, this season, but I, I think that might be there. And then I think that might, you know, open up some, some things down the field eventually. Cause you know, they've, they've been able to, you know, run the ball a little bit when they've been able to run, but they haven't really because they've been in, in pass mode, you know, so often. So um, I think it's going to be you know, really interesting. I, I think the, the chiefs, you know, we get uh, get a little more aggressive, and I think we I I mean we said that last week. I mean at least I did. I thought they would be a little more aggressive trying to to push it a, a little bit early in the game, especially on early downs, uh, and that that just wasn't the case. But I, I think maybe this is the game where that finally happens. It's interesting, you know. It almost like we we keep having the same conversation every week. We keep saying it's yeah. not a problem, and then it, we, keep, we keep having the same conversation. <laughs> it it, eventually, it does become a problem. And last week, it, it actually was. You know, the actual offensive approach and the pass protection was a problem uh, last week as well. I mean, when you make the Titans' defensive front look like you know the you know basically the eighty-five Bears. Uh, it, it's it was it was troubling last week. I mean, it's just they're just pressing a little bit. I mean, it's obviously I'm a my novice eye, but you know, mm-hmm. like just take a little bit of what defenses are giving you. Uh, make the simple plays. You know, they're just not making enough of the simple plays. Like you said, maybe a screen game is a really good way to get that going, right? Like just get get some get some screen game action going. Uh, but we are just a week removed from you know basically Mahomes almost throwing for 400 yards. So like I'm not definitely not sky sky is falling mode here. I don't really think the Giants have, have much of a puncher's chance here. I mean they're huge dogs. Uh, this is not. I don't think this, the Giants really are going to win a lot of games where they have to score in the 30s. They're going to have to try to slow the Chiefs down. And I don't know if they'll be able to do that. I mean, hey, listen, the the, the Z's Ojolari bullets are alive, though. The defensive rookie of the year uh, play that we said in the summer, we all kind of around the same boat. Those are live. He's already uh, tied the rookie franchise record five and a half sacks. And it's kind of a wide open field this year. I mean, Michael Parsons has, a, what, two and a half sacks. Uh, Gregory Rousseau's made a couple plays. Sante Samuel was rookie of the month in September, but, you know, obviously the counting stats, like you need a lot of interceptions if you're going to be a cornerback to win the award. Uh, so we'll see if he can keep that up. But uh, really kind of Ozilari's in the mix, man. He's there. Yeah, I think, and that could be, you know, a place where, um, you know, he's able to, he's really the only guy who is, you know, consistently winning 
uh, one-on-one for, for the Giants. Like that interior has not been as good pass rushing. Um, and the edge just like, there's really no one else on the edge. So, you know, he, he has been there a little bit. You know, one thing I think we could watch out for is maybe uh, how, it, I think we might see some Tyreek Hill double moves uh, in this game. And, and maybe that's how they start um, figuring out how to you know push the ball downfield. Because, um, you know, when we talked about it, you know, Travis Kelsey uh, was that the, the too high guy, right? And when teams played too high against uh, the Chiefs, uh, you know, it was Travis Kelsey. But now teams are completely mugging Travis Kelsey. You know, Tyreek Hill is now running these like curls and comebacks. I just uh, tweeted this the other day about how he, he leads the league in receptions and yards uh, on curls and comebacks. And there's just, there's not a lot of yards after the catch, right? So I think they might be able to, you know, take some of that, like fake the curl, go on, on the deep route. And I think that might get some of these aggressive Giants corners that, that could potentially, um, you know, open up a big play there. So I think that's that's something that we could potentially watch, and maybe that's a way uh, the Chiefs manufacture some big passing plays. Um, so on that note, we're going to do a quick show uh, here. Um, so uh, again, you can read you know all, all of Rich's work. He's broken down all of these games uh, from a, a fantasy uh, perspective uh, in the worksheet. Again, if you're if not reading that, you can uh, be doing that on SharpFootballAnalysis.com. Uh, you can read. Uh, all of my work uh, there. Also, I'll have some a uh, couple things up in, in the next couple of days. So uh, you can follow Rich on Twitter at Ward Reeves. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Pizzuta. Thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you again soon.